Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Some Amazing Radio. No, this is not the voice of Dr. Law. Today we decided to throw you guys a small little curveball. It's your boy Lavender Gooms. However, even though Dr. Law is not hosting today, he's actually still here. Bobby, why don't you say hello? Hello, everybody. I never had to think about this, like being my what my intro is, because I normally just say, Welcome to It's Some Amazing Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Law. Hey, hey, hey. I'll go with that. That wasn't good. I'll, that was not maybe good next time I'll be better. I'll you be a better what? one next time. How Move about, on. let, let's try this again. Let's try this again. Joining us today, Dr. Law. Wapa! Here I am. All right. Well, the next time you'll you'll do better. And joining us as well, Kid P. In honor of our fellow amigo who is on vacation this week, sup? I got to say, it's a little weird not having Mark here because normally Mark only misses for E3. So to hear him say he's actually on vacation, it's like, wow, it's crazy. I, I forgot about Mark going on vacation at first, which the fact that I work with him and he's the one who he's the one telling me he's going on vacation. I'm the one who's going to track this shit. It's a little concerning. But and then like I was not going to be here at first. Um, and then it turns out I was, I, I, you know, I was able to make it. But for a hot minute, we almost had the Lavender Gooms Kid Presentable Anime Hour, right? I mean, if you want to hear what's going on in spicy rom-com anime, this would have been the week for you. This is the week our subscriber count goes up just fucking twofold because of that. Whole podcast changes. <laughs> Guarantee you guys, if it was just me and Steph, we would have ran through the MMA news, MMA recap, fight picks in like five minutes. And as I said earlier in the group chat, we would have gotten into a real deep conversation on domestic girlfriend. I know I've done one just with Mark. At least once, maybe twice. Have I done it with either of you alone? Maybe with you. I don't. Maybe I have with both of you. Do you guys? Do you guys remember? I know that. I'm sure. Probably. I think me and Stefan has done one of me. I think we've each done one, or just like yeah. ends up like we just spent an hour bullshit and called a day. <laughs> the the loose structure of our podcast falls apart even further. Well, I mean, I normally enjoy those as well. It's almost like an intimate conversation just between two buddies. But uh, today, you guys have a, have a trio. No Mark this week. He'll be back next week. Now, normally in our rundown, we go into whatever fight happened on Saturday. But no less than 10 minutes before we started recording, we got some big breaking news from, um, as Bobby put him, the bald fuck yelling at you for 74 seconds. UFC 261 down in Jacksonville, Florida. Where wait, wait a, by the way, Mike, way to make it so we're like, I mean, I'm not saying we were about to get credentialed, but I feel putting out my bald fuck comment really didn't put us in the right, it put us, you know, a step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, we were no, we we're nowhere near getting credentialed. So let us, let us just put that shit out on, uh, out on the street. But UFC 261 in Jacksonville, Florida, just got a new main event, Jorge Masvidal versus Kamaru Usman. For the rematch but even more importantly than that news which is pretty big 
it's going to be a full fucking crowd in Jacksonville, Florida for that fight. I don't want to say that shit is fucking crazy, but it's fucking crazy. Bobby. Yeah, um I uh I I understand the need for us all to get back to some sense of normalcy in this world. It's been a year now. I think it's been almost exactly a year that we shut down our our whole state got shut down. I want to say it was basically this week, a year ago for us. I think you guys were probably the same in New York because we Just got it earlier than everybody else. I get that. Um, I don't understand. I know Florida has never hasn't cared at any point here. Basically, they could have done this at any point if they wanted to. Um, uh, Governor of Florida don't give a fuck. Um, the fact that Vince McMahon has more fucking discretion than the governor of Florida and didn't run full crowds this whole time in Florida really tells you something. I don't feel, I don't understand the need to immediately go full clip on this. Um, I think if they wanted to go 25, 50%, sure. I imagine, Steph, that the news that they're going to run WrestleMania and the Tampa Bay uh, football stadium with 45,000 people um, might be a factor in this somehow, even though that's not full capacity either for a football stadium. This seems... Look, I'm not like, I think this is a bad idea, obviously, but I'm not a doctor and I'm not a local health official. But when the president's talking about maybe by July, we'll be able to all hang out and we're talking about April and we're not going to even give widespread vaccine availability for the entirety country until May 1st. This seems like a bit of a excessive thing for me. Now, just to make sure, what the president said is a meeting with just a few people by 4th of July. He never said anything about you know, 50,000 people just chilling elbow to elbow. Yeah. And I know with, um, in our state, um, we have a friend who actually, uh, works for the Oakland athletics and she's dealing with the fact that they're running based on your different County status. You can have a certain amount of capacity in your crowds. And, you know, right now we're at 25% in Alameda County, which Stefan lives and where the Oakland athletics play. Um, San Francisco, I think is also at 25% capacity when the giants start up. So this is a big jump. There's a media big jump, and it's a month from now, but so maybe things get way better. But this is a big jump. Now, Steph, considering that this edict is coming from the Pink Panther himself, do you think that there is actually going to be any guidelines that people have to follow uh, to get into this arena, such as mandatory having to wear a mask or maybe proof that they've actually been vaccinated already? What are your thoughts on this? I can see them doing the mask thing because a lot of in stadiums have at least done that. They're absolutely not going to make them show proof of vaccine. You know, um, I don't I don't have high hopes in it. Like there's going to be an outbreak. It's the same thing with Texas reopening. Like. I hate to say it like. For my fellow man in this country, like I don't I don't care about everyone anymore. It's America, land of the selfish, you know, uh, and I can tell you right now. Uh, UFC countdown, whatever this is, it, we're going to start with 10 minutes of them filleting themselves. The first ones to hold a full crowd, to make life normal again. Just because, like, when the pandemic started, every one of their things was like, we're the only ones willing to forge forward. We're the only ones that aren't cowards and won't shut down. And it, it's stupid. Like, it's it's truly one of the double edges of us just covering the sport. It's just how much I loathe so many of the people involved in it. You guys you should know, just assume um, we have we should have we have quotes over the word sport every time we mention it at this point. Let's be honest. This is where we're at. <laughs> I, I just expect it to get ugly and I, I don't I'm not wishing harm on anyone, but 
I've seen enough of this country in the last year. It's it's gonna get ugly before it gets better. So, what else can you do? Florida, Every- is, Florida's gonna be in for quite the month because spring break is going on right now. And if you guys have been following any news over the last few days, people are stupid, and everyone is down in Miami. I'm I'm assuming they're down in Jacksonville as well. It's it it is Florida, so it is warm over there, and there's a lot of people being reckless and stupid so that's going to cause a spike that we'll probably see in about a month and then it's going to be wrestle it's going to be wrestlemania and then uh and then ufc i just want to say a shout out to the good people of the bay area because as a collective group we are at our lowest number since october the 22nd which um it was bad real bad for a while there and motherfuckers got their shit together um, collectively, some there's a bunch of idiots still, but collectively, enough of us have gotten our stuff together. So, I don't know, man. I don't know if Florida even counts it. Remember, like Florida's out there going after data scientists who are counting this thing correctly. So we don't even know what's going on over there. Um, so well, I mean, we could we just, honestly we can just hope for the best. I mean, I mean, I do. But Stefan hit it his nail on the head when he said they're going to blow themselves because they had that video they put out shitting on the media for saying how bad. Like people just were pointing out. What you need to like, hey man, you should watch out for this, this, and that. And the UFC honestly did a good job with like the fight island stuff and making sure a bunch of people didn't get sick and stuff. But they're acting like they were going to do it anyway if they didn't get fucking roasted at first. Was remember that? Do you guys remember the Tachi Palace debacle where Mark and I were almost crying, laughing when the Tachi Palace came up? Like they were just going to go to the Tachi, the governor of California and the fucking CEO of Disney had to be like, nah, man, shut it down. This is a terrible fucking idea. What are you doing? Bad idea. That's where we started with them. They got their shit together. They did a good job in, you know, they did a good job in Abu Dhabi. So I'm imagining they're going to make sure everybody wears a mask. Like they're going to, they're going to have to do that. I don't know. Like there's concessions over there. Like all these businesses are going to go say like, you're going to put your name on the fucking like Wiener Schnitzel stand over there. Wiener Schnitzel's got their name out there with this, you know, ragtag thing going on where a bunch of employees have to stand there and get sick. Because the crowds do, I think they're gonna they're gonna make sure people wear masks. The vaccine thing's not happening. There's no way. There's there's not that many people. They're gonna they're gonna let in there. Like it's gonna be. We're just gonna have to hope for the best. Well, virus concerns aside, this is a really good card. I mean, you have Jorge Masvidal, Kamaru Usman, Valentina Shevchenko, Jessica Andrade, and Rose Namajunas, Weili Jang. I mean, that's something I will easily pay sixty five dollars pay per view for. Yeah, I, I think the three title fights does... We run into the situation where the pay-per-view is fucking long. And you just listed three fights where, honestly, the only one I think might actually get a finish is uh, the one that... I mean, the, the Valentina fight, right? That's the one that's the most likely. That could be a long pay-per-view. Um, Steph, do you think any... Do you want to get, get any new champions out of that card? Um, Probably not. I, I got to imagine all of them are staring i mean i think rose will be the closest one agree line wise betting lies wise but i could see whaley still being two to one like i could if you put her at like minus 215 Do i would have it up actually that they might ha- we might have odds actually do, do you have yeah. odds? i mean i can check real quick yeah take a look um, see if we actually have odds for any i mean i'm not sure if we had odds for usman yet but we might have odds for the other ones yeah i think those fights have been on oh the there there, there are there are someone does have odds for usman i see that uh, Usman is minus 330, by the way, for his fight. 
which for a fight right. the first the first time he won five rounds to nothing. Granted, on short notice for Masvidal, but I mean, okay, yeah, uh, looks like Wei Lee is currently a minus one eighty five favorite, so right, just hovering around two to one is what I thought. Valentina at minus three eighty, no, uh, no surprise, she's possibly the biggest. Though Andrade is really good; she's she is a live dog, absolutely. Here. Yep. Um, but the thing is, Valentina does kind of have that well-rounded skill set um, to kind of do it. And she's naturally bigger, so that will somewhat mitigate uh, the power that Jessica has. But, I mean, the, the lines are appropriate. Um, I could see Whaley's line moving as time goes on. Um, it's been a while since we've seen Rose. She is, she is live, but it's, it's really tough to say um, what it's going to be because... You know, I, I could be undervaluing her. Um, she, she's had a bit of a long layoff. She's had some mental things. But, you know, when, when she took down uh, Joanna, right, we thought, holy cow, like her, her, her sticking and jabbing is on point. But, um, you know, it, it didn't prove quite to be such a discrepancy in the rematch. Joanna had a much more competitive fight. Um, it kind of, you know, you could conceivably want to see that trilogy, right? Usually when it's someone's up to nothing on someone, the trilogy is not interesting. But the the fact that it was such a closer fight, uh, but um, you know, uh, we're not officially making picks yet. But I'm pretty sure I'll go chalk ultimately when we do. Yeah, I agree. Rose is the closest one. But um, that, uh, thing is interesting. Rose uh, had a battle the second fight with Joanna. She still won like three rounds, four rounds. I mean, she won at least three rounds, obviously. I think Wei Li also though. Wei Li had that. Her last fight was the battle with Joanna too. So you get into that dangerous game of playing that MMA math on yourself. Um, but you know what? Whaley murked Andrage. Rose beat Andrage the second fight, but got power bombed in the first one. And um, let's also remember that Rose was winning the first fight against uh, Andrage as well until she got power bombed. Yeah, that's the thing. Also, like when you say like someone's winning a fight before they got put unconscious, it's a little bit rough. But she was, she was hitting her from everywhere. So I'm very honestly, that's the fight of the three. And you guys know I'm the biggest Valentina Mark in the land. Um, but uh, uh, Rose and Wei Lee's we've been talking about this thing for six, seven months at least. Um, I didn't know Andrade was a flyweight until three weeks ago, so I forgot that happened. So, and the main event, honestly, I guess it'd be I mean, look, Jorge Masvidal tends not to have boring fights, Usman tends to have boring fights, and the first one was real boring. But I, the only thing I can tell myself is hopefully Masvidal puts up some fight because if not, we're just gonna watch Usman grind him into a it's, they're also doing Florida, and mm. these guys rep Florida. Yeah, that's. So, I mean, they might, they might actually sell. That, it that, that's the big part about the crowd. The, the yeah. crowd will be hot for it. Whether we are as fight fans and fight connoisseurs who have eyeballs that watch the first match, mm. maybe we're not excited. But uh, you know, it, it, it it'll be for the people because this card is for the yeah, people. I, I as mean, I got as all that is. I mean, I don't have no interest in the main event. I'll be honest. I mean, look, if you put on a UFC title fight between two supreme athletes, I'm gonna have some level of interest, but. I literally just saw this shit. Like it was October, no uh, September, something. It was not that, that long. Was, ago. Uh, back in July. I have no, I have no concept of time. Sure, July. Uh, th the last year has just, it's all been a week, basically. You could have it, called it. It's all been Friday Uno sessions for the for the last. Has Mos did Masvidal beat anybody since then? Masvidal hasn't fought since then. I mean, okay, all right. I guess we're trying to wring the last bit of juice out of you know the Masvidal is a star thing post him ruining all that credibility the last you know four or five months but i get it so yeah i definitely don't have as a much gusto to watch or pay for a masvidal fight um considering 
everything he's done over the last nine months. And it's not even like he's done anything too crazy. He's just shown himself to be a, a Trumper, which that's enough. And he's not Tito. He, he's not Tito Ortiz out he's here. He's not Tito. He's not Tito, but Tito light. You know, one day we're going to have nothing to talk about this on this podcast, and Mike and I are just going to go through the Boracinia Depot Twitter account of the last year of Tito Ortiz showing his ass, let, basically. Let, let's, put it, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Tito, that's Tito straight, right? Not on the rocks, just straight. <laughs> Masvidal, he's a, he's a Tito with Coke. There's a little, it's you consider it, he's, a little bit. <laughs> considering, he's, uh, considering he's from Miami, take the Coke uh, whichever way you want. There we go. Good job, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm very proud um, of myself. So all right. that'll be an interesting card to watch. Uh, I know we're all definitely going to be watching it, and a month can't come by quick enough. So let's get on to our regularly scheduled uh, rundown. So Saturday, UFC 187. It was, a, it was an eventful card, and not for reasons that you want it to be eventful. Two fights were at, two fights on the main card ended in a no contest. One of them ended in a uh, illegal illegal kick to a grounded opponent. Sounds familiar from something about two weeks ago. And the other was the main event, Bal- Bilal Muhammad versus Leon Edwards. It ended in Bilal Muhammad getting straight up I fucked. There's no other I mean, way to put it. Uh, I. A finger went with, right up with a finger. I was gonna say with the finger. <laughs> We're gonna be specific. He got finger. I fucked, and it okay. was not pretty. Now, Bobby, why don't you run us through what 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 happened in the fight before the aforementioned fucking? Honestly, um, we talked about it last week where we didn't know what what Leon Edwards was gonna show us after Steph. He'd been out a long time, like a long time. Leon Edwards been out, and we thought maybe some ring rust or something. Honestly, looked fucking great. He was hitting um, Bilal from everywhere. Won that first round handedly, stunned him at least once. Um, hands looked crisp, was land- handling the clinch well. I think he landed some good leg kicks in there. He kicked him upside the head. I think that's what actually dropped. Uh, did he drop entirely? He definitely was. He didn't drop. He, was he just, he rocked. He just rocked yeah. him. He was visibly Honestly, you're, by the way, you're not going to get Mark's breakdown on this le- uh, level with me here, by the way. <laughs> just letting you know. But, um, for five minutes, I was sitting there like, yeah, Leon Edwards fucking is ready, man. Let's do it. You know, I know Bilal Muhammad is in top five. Bilal Muhammad, though, has won like seven of eight or something, though, with some absurd number like that. Um, he was warned, Leon Edwards, about his hands being out there, his fingers being out there, John Jones style, a bit. Uh, second round, we're about a, maybe 30 seconds in. Are we, how far into it were we? Uh, 18 seconds in. Um Leon Edwards gets one of the worst eye pokes. Okay, it's not the Hall of Fame eye poke, Anthony Johnson uh, eye poke, where we Anthony Johnson's eyeball basically was fucking coming out of that thing. But um, Mike just winced. <laughs> um, this one, though, was... Uh, it was bad, man. Bilal Muhammad went down, like, fucking howling. That shit freaks everybody out. Like, I, I, for me, at least, eye injuries are the worst thing. I mean, I got my own eye issues. You hear gnarly shit like what happened to like Winkle John and why he has a glass eye, like Bisping and all that stuff. So uh, the law was down. It was bad. Um, they called a no contest. Um, rightfully so. Um, yeah, I don't know what else. I mean, before that, though, I thought Leon Edwards was on, was on, was going to finish him. Honestly, I thought we were 
maybe a round and a half at most away because I thought Bilal was getting his ass whooped. I don't yeah. think he. I think I think the levels between the two of them were very apparent about who was elite and who was just a very good welterweight. Yeah, I remember during the fight we were talking about it and we were saying that, you know, it didn't look like Muhammad really had a chance. Uh, Edwards mm-hmm. was just dominating him in every facet, and considering the unfortunate circumstances for how the fight ended. Uh, Steph, do you think that there should be a, an immediate rematch? Um, I would say no. Um, now I, I kind of, you know, not to, I'm not trying to go full contrarian. I thought there was a gap in skill. I didn't think he was particularly lighting him up. Um, that's fair. Leon Edwards, he's not that impressive to me. Like it's, I, I still kind of mean, and it's not, he's not that he's not good, he hit him with a few strikes. He he did land that kick that rocked him. He wasn't lighting him up. He wasn't taking him down at will. There were stalled out clinches. A, a lot of it was Bilal's inactivity, right? Bilal is a pressure guy. He wasn't really going. So it's just like, okay, you don't know how to get your game off. And that's why I thought it was inevitable that Leon's going to win is because Bilal just, ah, I don't know what to do in this fight. This, this, this guy's style stymies me. And that's kind of what been, that's been Leon Edwards' hallmark. He's good enough to stymie you know, people who think they can wrestle him, they're shocked to find out he's a better wrestler than you expect. People think that they're going to outstrike him. They're kind of surprised to find he's a better striker than you expect. Like, he is very good across the board. So it's just like, it just seemed inevitable. I thought it probably would have cruised to a decision. Um, and that's kind of why I don't think there needs to be a rematch. It, it's unfortunate that it ended the way that it did. But we saw enough in that time. Like, what were you going to do better, Bilal? You know, you, you couldn't get your takedowns off. Your striking is clearly a step behind. Like, I don't really expect it at you. But the caveat I'll say is, we don't need to run a rematch. Edwards does not get a title shot off of this. And that's, not- that's, that's what he's calling for. And I think, you know, that's where we go is. So that that's the, that's what the, we land on is no immediate rematch. But sorry, you got to go fight someone like Colby now. Like, uh, I, I, Can I ask a question here? I, I, I thought that was insane too, Stefan, because he's talking about it. I don't know where we are in this, where we are in this division. I remember we talked about when Masvidal was getting a title shot. We're like, "Fucking, I guess Edwards isn't available." Like, if there's really no like, because Kamaru's beaten. I'm looking at the rankings now. He beat Covington. Um, he beat he beat Burns. Um, he I think he's beaten Edwards for what it's worth too, right? Has he beaten Edwards like five years ago? Yeah, he, four years he ago, he had a decision over Edwards yeah. a little back. Not not recently, but he's beaten Edwards. Yeah. He's fighting Masvidal again for some ungodly reason. We're at four. Wonderboy probably has the best claim to this. After I think that's really what it is to me. If 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 Masvidal is in fact getting the title rematch, then Edwards stays busy by fighting Wonderboy or Colby for next up. Probably more deservedly, uh, Wonderboy since Colby did get the shot, but. Like you, you named like Kamaru's gone on quite a run. He somehow avoided Stephen Thompson in that whole run, you yeah. know. So it seems like that's what has to happen. I next. like that fight a lot too. <laughs> it, it'd be weird if Leon really wants to wait for Kamaru and Masvidal to play out too. You know, I would think he wants to be a bit more active to cash in some paychecks. Obviously, he's gonna clamor, but I, I think that's the fight to probably make is Wonder Boy and him as a title eliminator. Yeah, well, I don't know where Kiesa is. He's number six. I, Kiesa beat um, he beat my boy um, Neil Magny, right? I think, but I I don't know. They don't book well, stuff. If you that recall, far for the names I just mentioned, 
Kesa called out Colby at the end of his win. I like that. That was a lot. That, he he made that call out. And so if we're saying Wonder Boy, you know, has an argument for the title, and so does Leon, it makes it makes sense. That's the foursome right there. Does Colby yeah. have a Does Colby have a fight booked? I haven't heard no, his Colby, name in a while. Which Colby does. Colby news. somehow dem- thinks he demands a lot of money to fight when nobody watched any of his fights. And I think Kiesa asked for him. I thought we were going to get Masvidal and him. Honestly, that's what it seemed like we were headed. Um, before Usman decided he wanted to fight a guy whose ass he already kicked. Um, I think eventually, I think the UFC is just going to have Usman uh, have, um, he might, it might put Colby on ice just because, I mean, Masvidal's fighting in a month. Like even like Steph mentioned, Edwards, does he want to wait? I get the logic of he's fresh and he's, you know, he took no damage, but he wants to wait a month. But Usman, Usman, I mean, Usman fighting in April is way more recent than like, he doesn't fight that often normally. This is unusual for him. They must have paid him. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the only reason I can think of why he would fight Masvidal again. I mean, he he beat him in convincing fashion less than a year. Well, they ago. were talking. They were talking August, September. Remember, like Masvidal's like, "I'm going to fight in September," is what he said on the Canelo broadcast. So I, everybody must have gotten a check or something. Or they said, "Hey, we're going to give you. You know, we have a gate now. We can pay you." And I am Maybe. all for people getting paid. Leon Edwards. He's been out for over he was out for over two years almost and he got about a around then maybe a half of, of ring time. It's he didn't get no win bonus either. And well, even money aside, he hasn't had much actual ring time over the last two years. I don't know if it's the smartest thing to, you know, just go deep jump into the deep end and, and go for for a title fight next. Now I like I like Wonder Boy. And him a lot. I think that's a really interesting fight. I especially like the idea of Wonder Boy fighting Usman. Wonder Boy is not, it wasn't, it's not easy to get Wonder Boy down. Like Woodley didn't have an easy time trying to get his ass to the ground. And this is Woodley, peak Woodley. Like, no, but the thing with Wonder Boy is I think the reason why he still hasn't gotten a, a title shot since, uh, since he fought Woodley is that he always has uh, that one unfortunate loss that knocks him down a bit. You know, like he'll go on maybe a two, three fight wing streak. Or a two fight win streak and then suffer an unfortunate loss. But yeah, he got he got he got screwed when he fought Darren Till in fucking uh, Liverpool. He won that fight. Maybe just maybe yeah, it's maybe not even just the unfortunate loss. It's the unfortunate stinker of a fight yeah. where that wasn't even entertaining. Yeah. No one pulled the trigger, and you know that that's the thing that Darren Till has in his kind of thing too, as he wants to climb. Is like I've seen you have some really ugly, boring fights. It's like hard to get excited about the guy sometimes. So. Um, Edwards yeah, he's also, on a bit of a streak. Edwards also doesn't done himself any favors kissing UFC ass, which respect for that. But he managed to this when he was off, not have the fans on his side too when he was just dragging it out too. Where I remember too, like it was hard to take his side during some of that. I remember because he was trying to like big time everybody. We're like, you're most known for getting your knocked out by Jorge Masvidal backstage. Like that's what he's most known for is being on the other side of the. What is it? The three piece and a soda, two piece and a soda thing comment? Yep. Yeah, he yeah. was going against the freight train of pu- public opinion right there. Yeah. That's when yeah. Masvidal was at his hottest. Everyone was, all the casuals were showing up to love Street Jesus and all that. Like, you don't want to be on the opposite end of that to like get some fans. You know? Exactly. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Edwards, and, Edwards and Muhammad. Maybe, maybe they rebooked the fight. Who knows? Um, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, Muhammad did have a, a short training camp, but we'll see what happens. We'll probably get a decision in the next few weeks. Uh, from what 
I read on Twitter on a optometrist, the type of injury he suffered, it should be healed within a week or two. So no lasting effects for, uh, for Muhammad and his eye. Um, thank, uh, thanks to eat Jesus in this case. So moving on to the co-main event, Misha Serkinov versus Ryan Spann. I don't know if my memory is going on me. It probably is at this point. But I don't even remember watching this fight other than I thought Ryan Spann has a stupid Superman tattoo. Not so much that getting a Superman tattoo is stupid. It's just the placement of it. It's, it's right on his chest as if he's a member of the House of L. I'm not a fan of that. What happened in this fight was Ryan Spann showed us that Misha Serkinov's not beating you if you show any level of competent mixed martial arts skill. And the ship has sailed and I was thinking Misha Serkinov is going to be really anything more than a solid 11 to 15 in this weight class. That is... That's, uh... That is very look, that is very cruel of you, Bobby. But I don't want to be, be look, man. Look, okay, I might have been strong with the first part there, but like you know what, man? Like we've all like, I, I, you guys know, I dig everything I can. I try to give a reason to like and to bring up any of these fucking dudes who like go on three fight win streaks on these undercards to become light, especially a light heavyweight, for us to care about him. Um, he yeah. he doesn't win. He loses to like he he was doing really well. He beat Nikita Krylov. Got smoked by Vulcan Ozdemir. He's the reason Vulcan Ozdemir got a title shot. Remember? Vulcan beat his ass in like 30 seconds. We're like, sure, mate, let Vulcan fight DC. He got his ass beat by Glover. Beat Patrick Cummins. Okay. Uh, knocked out by Johnny Walker. Okay. Beat Jimmy Crute. No one knows who Jimmy Crute is. Now he's lost to Ryan Spann. He's lost four of six. He's not going to be top. He's not top 10. It's just, he's a solid fighter. Um, he's 11 to 15. He's not, you know... Oh, he's 34. There's still room for growth. He's married to an Instagram model. His life's okay. Like, what? What? We don't need. He's he'll be, he'll be okay with my criticism. He's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he got he got enough. he got he got bombed on. Ryan Span looked great. Ryan Span bombed on him. He was hurt immediately. Like, without, like I mean, he got hurt. Uh, it was only a minute long, but like 30, 40 seconds into the fight, Misha was on skates. Um, and then we like. The whole last 20 seconds, you're, like, waiting for them to just, like, it wasn't like he was taking too much damage. You're just waiting for that one-shot staff where you're like, the ref can justify us going home now. Okay, there it is. We can all go home. It was a good win for Brian Spann, who's honestly done well for himself in the UFC. He's one, two, he's one, one, two, three, four, six of seven fights in the UFC. Good job. His only losses to Johnny Walker. Shit happens. Fair enough. The more, yeah, that's all, enough. I mean, I figure I, I think, bro, I think the most I can break down it. a fight, the most we can break down a fight we only barely care about right now. This Ryan Spann beats another guy, maybe in the closer to 10, we'll pay attention more. Do you have a rebuttal for that stuff? I don't got much to add. Bob's right. We John Jones decimated this division so badly. We've been looking for anything to believe in for like the better part of the last decade. Light heavyweight is littered with fool's gold. You mentioned Vulcan Ozdemir. You mentioned Johnny Walker, right? We've been wrong about most of them. Only I've been correct in <laughs> scouting out Jan Blokovic. <laughs> I'm the only one who actually found anyone legit. Because you know why? Who's number two in this division right now? Glover Teixeira clean, wiped away all this fool's gold. Pyrite for you stone rock collector fans out there. That's what this division is full of. And old man Glover is sitting at the top on the cusp of a title shot right now. Because... We had a lot of good guys. We didn't have a lot of great guys in this division. 
Um, and that's just what Misha is. Jury's out on Ryan Span. He's kind of new. Mike, I agree on the tattoo. Not a fan. I don't like Superman, period. I think Superman is a lame superhero. This is coming from a guy who made the superhero movie bracket. I think the golden boy Superman is fucking lame. And so you got a giant S on your chest. You're kind of lame, too. But his last name is Span. And having the first name of Stefan, I'll say that's the only thing I like about that logo. It's a big old S. So props for the ego trip. I mentioned everybody who trains at this gym just because I like mentioning that he trains at Fortis MMA, which I believe is owned by Darren Williams, formerly of the Utah Jazz and at the time New Jersey Nets. I don't think he played in Brooklyn, did he? Maybe he did. Uh, he did play Brooklyn. I think, no, I think he got to play in Brooklyn. Well, let me tell you, Kevin Durant is of the Seattle Supersonics because he played one fucking year there. Eat a dick, Oklahoma City. How about that? All right? He got there first. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby's just coming with the, the fire and anger today. Jesus. Yeah, I'd like I like this man. I don't have to host. I can just fucking say wild shit. I, 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 let me let me make some really hot. Let me tell some fucking sad story about something that goes nowhere as my fucking stuff. I like. Let me do that. Mike. Well, I mean, what, what would have been perfect, considering you're not hosting this week, is uh, too bad no one like no fighter shook a Chechen dictator's hand or anything. We could have gotten you for like another Ooh. twenty minutes there. Oh, but well, this podcast was just my soapbox. Thankfully, they didn't because we're we're running long already. So. Moving on to the next fight, I don't remember who Dan Ige fought, but I just remember that dude went down quick. I think uh, that whole fight went about maybe 20 seconds, 22 seconds, and there was only one punch thrown in that whole fight, if I'm right, and that was the fight that knocked the dude out. Yeah, call, call him Saitama, Mike, because that's one punch man right there. Um, but just to keep in the theme, man... DC and Bisping and them, they just can't get their commentating act together because that's the story of this fight is they were on one about this was a four or five second fight. Like the clock's right there, guys. There's 20 <laughs> seconds into the fight. It may have been one punch, but nothing happened. There was a lot of feeling each other out and spacing. Where were you guys during the first 20 seconds of this fight? Like you're just on one where you're not. So, it's so yeah, the, the commentary teams in uh, UFC keep taking bullets. So, um, Get get better with that, but good good for Danny Gay, right? He needed uh, we've this given one, bro. Him, yeah. He needed we've this given one. him shit in the past. You know, it kind of like we were saying with Serkinov, we were kind of feeling that way about Ige. Tough, solid, skill guy. Doesn't really seem like he's going to be anything. You know, not saying that this necessarily will propel him to that because we don't – look, we don't even remember the name of the other guy, so it's clearly not that big of a win. But anytime you can one-punch someone, you got to give respect to that. Yeah, they because they gave him a t- main event. After he got that split over Barbosa that I don't think everybody thought he deserved. And then they said him and Ka- Calvin Cater main event. And we all got excited. Like, well, both these motherfuckers throw heat. But Calvin kind of showed he was like, I'm a little, eh, you know, I'm on a different level than you, kid. So we kind of thought, like, I think remember our, I think our Mark was saying it well. He's just like, we got to pump the brakes a bit on Ige. Let's see. Let's, you know, let's get him back on track. And you go, you go nine months after your first, or, you know, after a high profile loss, you come back with a one punch knockout. That's huge. Yeah, very huge. And other real thing of note that happened in this card, as we mentioned at the top, is that there was another no contest. Uh, Eric Anders versus Darren Stewart. Darren Stewart was, he was clearly, he was clearly a grounded opponent, but it wasn't as egregious and intentional looking as the Aljamain Sterling and uh, Peter Yan fight. So, that one was labeled a, a no contest. Uh, 
And one thing I wanted to pose to you guys is why exactly do we have a difference between an intentional illegal strike and an unintentional illegal strike? Why is it in this case, there were two no contests here rather than a DQ win for the other side, because it's not like they're not told the rules be, you know, in the locker room and probably beforehand. This isn't their first MMA fights. They've likely all fought in Las Vegas before, so they should know the unified or modified rules for that particular venue. So why don't we just have blanket DQs? I can't necessarily answer the why. The consistency or the inconsistency of it largely falls on the ref's shoulders, in my opinion. Because um, one thing that's consistent in both fights is it goes to no contest when it happens early in the fight. The reason, the reason uh, I, I know for certainty that Sterling gets it is not just the, the the devastation of the knee, but the fact that it came so late in the fight that that tends to be what makes or break whether it is a DQ or not, whether it's early or if the fight could have been decided by a decision at that point, they will usually go, uh, you know, sometimes they go to the cards in boxing. But um, the issue to me with the consistency of the refs is in both these instances, the fighters were warned for the fouls that resulted in the ending of the fight. Edwards was very clearly warned about his fingers and his hands. And that's where I think, and I've seen in comments, that's where I think the argument for the DQ could have been there. And it's one of the most frustrating things, and I know Mark would second this if he's here, is how often do we see warnings about grabbing the fence, holding the fence, but then a point is never taken? Never. You know? Chad Mendes like, could be featherweight champion, guys. Could have happened. Chad Mendes, although <laughs> that was one of the most egregious fence grabs we've ever seen, because Aldo pulls himself back. He doesn't just grab, he pulls himself back. Aldo was him. parallel to the ground at one point. And so it's, it's, it, they're, there's kind of ambiguity in the rules, but this is something that comes back to the refs to me, that they just need to be one more consistent with warnings, point deductions, and they need to realize some things don't even warrant uh, a warning. Some things are so egregious, you just take the point. You don't even have to warn. It is automatic point, and we do see it from time to time. You know, guys take points. I've seen Herb Dean take a point. You know, I've seen other guys take a point, but... Again, it comes back to consistency is the issue, and that's just one of those things where refs, they don't want to be the story. Most refs, oftentimes they are, but they don't really want to be the story, and that's where you see that hesitation. It's one of the things that's made Herb Dean kind of poor lately. How many times has he, he kind of stops the fight? He kind of hovers over, but he doesn't make contact, right? Like, he, it confuses the situation because, you know, on the one hand, refs need to be decisive, but on the other hand, they don't want to be. It's just one of those things. It's going to stay messy until people are just willing to take more ownership of it, I think. So I got uh, the reason both of those were no contest, I think, is because neither one of them actually committed the foul of actually making contact in the initial warnings, I think, if I'm not mistaken. He was warned of his hand being extended and his fingers being out. I don't think he actually got an eye poke. And Anders didn't actually hit anybody, right? With no. the knee earlier. That one's a little worse, honestly. Um, I think, Mike, I think we're talking about negligence versus gross negligence here as a comparison. Like, it is so egregious that you have to do something. Like, again, I, when we talked about it last week, the Peter Yawn one, it was so bad, I wondered if I forgot the rules. That I did, that they changed them and I wasn't aware. That he did it so blatantly. That was bad. 
Um, that Aldo one, honestly, should have been two points. <laughs> Aldo one should have been two. Aldo should have been two points. Get on the fucking mat. You're starting. You're gonna be in guard, Aldo. Mendez gets to be in your guard. That's what that should have been. It's just a matter. Of, I think it's about how egregious it is and whether like, and like I mean, John Jones been poking people two times a fight in the eye for ten years. Forever. Yeah. Right. Like we're by the way, ten year anniversary of John Jones winning his first championship. Ten fucking years. Yeah, that was March nineteenth. March March nineteenth, March twenty eleven. We were, in the, was, we were in the building for that, Prudential Center. We're so. the only ones rooting for Shogun. Only ones. Um, yeah, I think it's a matter of just how egregious they are. And in that case, if he, like obviously if Anders had hit him the first time, they might not have actually, fight might not have continued. Um, or like if Edwards had got him in the first, eye pokes are also, then that motherfucker's getting away with eye pokes and fence grabs like it's nobody's business. And, I guess, and then, like, you get into a, then you get into a title fight and the fucking ass, and this is the thing, Stefan hates crowds. I'm not going to miss this thing, man, because let me you know what. I'm not sure all these guys get away with like these like a Sterling gets away with this. Sterling's betting get better, uh, barely getting away with it now. The fight not continuing. Um, I appreciate the man calling himself best actor and putting memes of himself holding Academy Awards. That made me laugh. But like with the crowd booing and like you know John Jones just went knuckle deep in your eye or kicked you in the dick. And I know I'm picking on John Jones, but the man likes to cheat. But like you're on the ground. And you're like, should I continue? And then you got Dan Mergliata maybe telling you, you just got to get out of this fucking round, bro. It's okay. <laughs> like, there's a lot of pressure when there's 20,000 drug assholes who bet money on you out there. Um, I this, There's no consistency. And a judge, it's hard to be an MMA ref. And I think Herb is also, when you when you do high-profile pro, high fights, it becomes more obvious because those are the ones people are most paying most attention to. Like, when Mark Smith and the doctor were fumbling around the Aljamain Sterling situation, they mentioned that was Mark Smith's first main event or first title fight not main event like you know I, that's it too i think you get these things get pointed out more too in that regard but yeah like no i think if they hit them both of those would have in theory been dqs definitely the knee for sure the fucking knee um and you're trying to like watch out for situations like when like west sims decided he was going to stomp on frank Mir's head back in the day i feel mike needs to watch the west sims frank Mir. i've never double seen fight. that Woo! Wes Sims didn't give any fucks at all. He was on uh, Tough Ten. You probably recognize him. Um, it's about how egregious it is, really. I think that's it. But it's not consistent. State to state, the rules fucking change. Sports all over the place. Yeah, and I think my issue with it, and the reason why I pose the question is, as you said, you know, it's the difference between negligence and gross negligence. And the one who's making the decision as to the line of demarcation is the ref mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know? So, um I've always, I've always wondered. I think there should just be a strict, a strict liability when it comes to this. Um, you grab a fence twice. Doesn't matter if you've been warned or not. If there's evidence you've grabbed it twice, that's it. You get, you get a point taken away. Um, one way I think you get rid of, uh, you know, unintentional or uh, you know, unintentional, you know, illegal strikes to you know, a grounded opponent is if you say, hey, you do it once. That's it. You know, you're, you're, you're getting either a point taken away. Or, you know, the fight's over and you, and you get a DQ. But those are just my thoughts on that. Besides that, it was it was an entertaining card. Uh, quick hits. Uh, our girl Angela Hill beat uh, Ashley Yoder. It was, uh, it was a pretty dominating affair. So good to see Angela Hill. Um, I think she had lost her last fight. So good to see her get back in the, in the win column. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about from this fight before we, uh, from this card before we let it go? Do, do I need to say the thing I always say where all these fight nights in between pay-per-views could be combined into one pretty decent fight night rather than giving us a bunch of two fight cards? I think that's understood. 
Yeah, because we're going to talk about another one of those <laughs> in a little bit here. I pine for the days of the random Wednesday night fight card, Mike. I pine for those days. Okay? Random Wednesday on Spike TV. We got fights. And then we have the Ultimate Fighter. That was it. Once a month. <laughs> so besides uh, besides the news that we uh, we started the podcast with, there really wasn't much uh, MMA news related. Uh, combat news, though. Um, Mar- Marvelous Marvin Hagler died over the weekend. Died at a Pour young, one out. Died at a young, I think, 66 or a 67. Is it COVID? Because they said he had breathing problems. Was it COVID? Uh, if you base it off of what Tucker Carlson and some people on Fox said oh. when uh, okay when um <laughs> okay <laughs> when it got announced, uh, I think it was uh, he used to be with ESPN. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's on Fox now. He was on the air when Marvin Hagler's death got announced, and he said Marvin Hagler died, and he also took the the COVID vaccine uh, uh, like a day or two ago. He didn't oh, exactly is. connect them, but you know, you know, connect the dots very easily. God bless. All right. Um, Tucker you, Carlson's got, Tucker Carlson will be front row at that UFC event, though, clear, clearly to show his support of lack of vaccine. If you guys want to see the three the, the three greatest rounds of violence, you watch Marvin Hagler, Thomas Hearns. Those two went into the center of the ring and just beat the living crap out of each other for three rounds marvelous you don't see shit like that in boxing nowadays because they actually care about things like cte besides that more happy boxing or combat news bobby what's up i was gonna say there's one mma bit of mma news it sounds like we're gonna get ourselves justin gaethje and michael chandler we might actually it sounds like we're gonna get sounds ourselves good. a sounds like sounds like a number one contender fight to me it's what it sounds like to me it sounds like our boy charles Do bronx is getting fucked here but i i think uh i think we're gonna get i think you know Maybe they have him as a backup for this uh, Poirier-McGregor fight that's not even signed. But I don't know. Sounds like Gaethje and Chandler sounds like a number one contender fight to me. Chandler wins this fight. I have no problem with that. What do you think, Steph? Number one contender fight to for what champion? Who, who, who's the champion, guys? Khabib. Uh, <laughs> Still Khabib. <laughs> At what point? Justin Poirier is the fucking the lightweight champion. Title. Justin nah, son, Poirier yo, is the lightweight champion. They okay? fight. We all know yeah. him. These two fight. Did, Whoever did wins, Justin they just lose. knock on uh, they knock on Habib's door in, in Dagestan. Like, yo, what's up? Let's go. Did Dustin lose Khabib better than Gaethje lost to Khabib? Because like, why is anyone the champ? What is what is when is it just for the vacant title? That's all I'm asking. It should, about it should have been two months ago. <laughs> what was Gar We all know it should have been two months ago. What are we doing? <laughs> this it, it'll be fun, but like I'm just I'm I don't understand the title picture and. Calling a contender. I'd like it to be five rounds if they could find to make that happen. I'm not sure if they need to make up a fake title. I'm okay with it if they want to do that. I, ha- well, I don't care anymore. I want a five round fight. I Call it whatever assume, you want. I have to assume this is going to be a main event, so I'm pretty sure it's going to be. A fight. Uh, could be the. Co- I could. They could just throw it as co-main event if they ever book Dustin and Connor as it'd be insurance too. Just saying. That's not. That's not a fight we need to run back right now. Like, well, you know what, man? At least that. I mean, that was more competitive than Masvidal and Usman, and that's the sad part. <laughs> one guy, other guy, won the first round in that one, at least. Yeah, this this it's just weird. This division is unnecessarily a mess right now. Yeah, this is the easiest one. We could just there's four five guys. Let's just book a tournament. What's, Let's move what's on. Fun, what's funny is that it's such a mess, but it's one of the UFC's deepest divisions as well. So that's a. That's a weird conundrum they have going on there. Yeah. So besides that, uh, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, uh, 
a little boxing heavy on the news today, but screw it. I love, I've been waiting for these two to fight for the last few years. So they find, they signed a two fight deal. So that means, uh, you know, we're going to see two fights. So I'm pretty happy about that. Are, are they, are they co-main event on the PewDiePie card? Which nah. which which YouTube which YouTube card are they going to co-main event to get people to actually watch now, real boxing? Steph might disagree with me on this, but these fights might be a little more popular and anticipated than whichever one of the Paul brothers is going to fight. I don't know. Is it going to no, sell more tickets? More, is it going to sell more? I think not, Mike. If we count is kids, this? if we count kids streaming on Twitch. <laughs> that's gonna get more views <laughs> look this is how i know i'm the youngest person on our podcast group i know what the kids are plugged into and they want to see the paul brother they want to see the paul brother Stephon's seven months younger than me and, and you know what we don't like Dana, we don't like dana white right dana put a million dollars on ben Askren to win so we're gonna see we're gonna see dana get his comeuppance we're gonna see the paul brothers on the come up Welcome to the new world order, boys. This is what boxing is now. The Paul kid should have said, how about when you lose, you give that money to some of your fucking fighters, you bald prick. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. The, the Paul brother face turn of 2021. We, we didn't see it coming, but this is what's happening. Yeah. Well, that about wraps up combat news. <laughs> now, moving on to uh, the fight picks for this week. Uh, this weekend, we have... UFC uh, on ESPN 21. And uh, where where is that fight this weekend, guys? The motherfucking Apex. And officially has the second most UFC events ever, by the way. I'm surprised it's not first. I think the Hard Rock or what's the the Palm might have the most, actually. The, the, <laughs> the Palm hasn't had an event in at least five five years. Right? I know, but it was it was every tough finale and like every fucking fight night before, before a time tough debut for the longest time. Yep. Uh, they will be fighting out of the UFC Apex. The main event is going to be Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland. Uh, Derek Brunson has won uh, three in a row since his, uh, since his loss to Israel Adesanya. Kevin Holland is the new hotness of the middleweight division. He's won five in a row. Now, Brunson, he has a lot of good athleticism, power, great takedowns. Um, whereas, you know, Kevin Holland, he's a very technical striker. Um, when it comes to this fight, Derek Brunson, he can normally rush. He, he, he's normally really good at rushing in on someone and getting in there, you know, before the, the, the other guy gets a strike off. And... In the fights where he's encountered issues, it's been where he's faced a, a, more, a more technical striker, someone that doesn't get you know flustered by um by by that that type of approach. Um, I think Brunson probably runs into a counter in this fight, so I'm gonna be taking Kevin Holland in this fight. Step, Bobby, what you got? Stefan, what is the betting line for this? Just I need to know. I need to gauge my my, my, uh, my level see, of enthusiasm. Like what I say here, a second. This is the problems when you're not used to hosting. I forgot I was supposed to ask about the betting lines. Well, the line is to me shockingly close. Holland is only a minus one sixty favorite to uh, Derek Brunson's plus one forty underdog. So it's fair, like one and a half, almost, almost even. Um, I, I thought it would be uh, it would have been steeper because, like Mike said, Holland is that new hotness right now. Like he's got a lot of hype, 
an expectation going into this fight. Okay, um, I'm going to say this less emphatically then, because I was about to dunk on this shit here. Look, um, sometimes in, you know when they want to know when a wrestler's good, they give them certain people to work with. You know, they make you work with Cesaro. They got to see if you can't, if Cesaro can't get a good match out of you, homie, you suck. All right. I learned recently back in the day, they, a person they did that with was X-Pac actually. That's the, they'd ask him after the match, can this kid work? And he'd give him an answer. The MMA version of that at middleweight, if we want to see a motherfucker as a, a contender or not, they see if you can tune up uh, Derek Brunson. That is Derek Brunson's role in this weight class. Um, it's how we found out Israel Adesanya is for real. And that's just how we're going to find out how for real Kevin Holland is. I, I got Kevin Holland. I'm, I'm, I'm at this point. I'm just picking every fucking hype train that exists, and eventually one of them's going to pay off properly. I, he, he knocked out Jockery off his back, right? Like that just happened. That was pretty cool. He fought like six. I'm also. I think I might have made him fighter of the year. I feel I can't pick against him when I made him fighter of the year too. Just now, um, I, I got Kevin Holland, man. This is his opportunity. Um, and I'm not concerned about this getting in the fourth round and Derek Brunson still having energy. This fight's not going in the fourth round. Derek Brunson fights don't last that long. This is getting someone's getting knocked out. Um, Kevin's kind of wild. I'm not comparing him in terms of skill to Israel Adesanya, but I, I think Derek Brunson's getting knocked out. I think that's happening in this one. Um, Derek Brunson, not, not only is Kevin Holland winning fights, he's fucking people up. They're not, you know, he's getting finishes. Um, so yeah. Yep. Looking forward to this main event. Uh, none of us got what Mark's pick is because he's on. Stefan, what's your pick? Um, yeah, um, I could I could see Mark taking Brunson, but I, I feel like we'll ultimately all end up unanimous on this. Um, I'm taking Holland and Bobby. I think you nailed it. Brunson's got seven losses, and every single one of them is a recognizable name. Uh, even if you go all the way back, and Kendall Grove is his first loss, and Kendall Grove was a very solid fighter in his own right uh, back in the day. Um, but but that said, uh, two of Derek Prince's losses are to Jacare Souza and uh, MMA math, baby. Uh, Jacare got murdered on his knees. He got decimated on his knees. He was gangland executed by uh, <laughs> Kevin Holland in their last matchup. So, um, like I said, MMA math, baby. As we should said, ask Mark, by the way, at some point this week, who he, pick, no, who he knowing, picks. Knowing Mark, since the three of us picked Holland... Him being the contrarian, he probably would go with uh, with Brunson, but not the, not the two-time champ, week. not that two-time champ, man. He's not gonna he's not gonna put his hopes on Derek Brunson. Sorry, Derek Brunson, but his man's not gonna let it ride on Derek Brunson. I, That's not happening. I, I really. Mark also subscribes to the MMA math like me. We we see mutual opponents and we're like, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I'm I'm holding on to first right now, and I, I really want to win this year. I know it's still only March, but. God, I need a win. I need to win that fucking standing one time. Ugh. Mike knows one day we're just gonna lose our nerve about doing it entirely, and then he's gonna have never. We're just gonna decide it. Just like we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> like me or Stephon's or Mike's or Mark's gonna win this year. We're like we're done. Fuck this. We don't want to pick anymore. <laughs> uh, I'll need one of you to remind me to get the uh, get the picks from from Mark. Uh, second fight that we are picking from this card is a uh, Gregor Gillespie, Brad Riddle. Bobby asked me, why are we picking this fight earlier today? And I said, I know who Gregor Gillespie is. And he said, that's, that's fair enough. So here we have our classic uh, grappler versus uh, striker. Brad Riddle is a, an experienced kickboxer, actually out of Israel Adesanya's gym, um, city kickboxing. So no, no relation to Matt then, huh? 
I don't believe I, so. I, w I was truly just presuming it was his brother or something who's given the sport a shot. Don't believe don't out. believe it's uh, Matt Riddle's brother, but who knows? Matt sounds like he would have a brother called Brad. I'll say it, it totally works for me that these two are related somehow. But if you're not, I I, I suddenly don't know why we're picking this fight either. Then. Uh, Gregor Gillespie, um, to say that he is a good wrestler would be understating it. He is one of the most accomplished wrestlers to come into the UFC in uh, in recent history. He was a NCAA national champ and four-time All-American. Last time he was out, I think uh, maybe about a year ago, he suffered a head kick loss to Kevin Lee. Um, it wasn't a great win. I mean, it wasn't a great loss. Uh, he got put the fuck out, but who, it, it, was, it was a beautiful head kick. If you guys go back and watch it, I think anybody would get put out by that. But... Bobby, we will go to you first. Uh, who do you got in this fight? As former conductor of the Kevin Lee hype train, this is one of those, that was a fight that gave me hope that the thing was going to get back on track. He kicked Gregor Gillespie so hard, we haven't seen him in a year and a half. That's how hard he kicked Gregor Gillespie. And uh, I, I like Gregor Gillespie. He's, he, say he claims to be the best fisherman in MMA. It's one of those things nobody's arguing with him about. So it's a, it's a real like claim to like Say some shit like that, man. Like, hey, man. Wait, wait, what's the name of that guy who just fight uh, get, fought Gasolum, uh Ian something or another? Hein Heinlich? Heinsch or whatever? Because yeah. uh, I watched that countdown, and his whole countdown was just him fishing. Didn't know, oh. No training, no talking. He coming for that strap. It was just him fishing with his dad, talking about the misses at home. I think that he might have a competitor, oh, Bobby. That's all, saying. That's all I'm saying. Dude, Gillespie's entire Instagram at one point was just him with big-ass fish. That's the thing you got to do in MMA, man. You just say some shit like, hey, man, I'm the number one Lego maker in fucking MMA. And people are just like, shit, okay. That's that's his thing. <laughs> that's his gimmick. Um, I got Gillespie here. Um, I don't know Brad Riddle is. I'll be straight up with you. Um, I try to look a little bit into him. I was going to have some fun with his nickname being Quake. And having some Marvel fun, but then I saw that he named himself, he gave the name, nickname Quake because of a, quote, devastating earthquake that happened to his hometown. Hmm. So I can't even enjoy that part of this. Um, yeah, I, a grappler, striker, despite the fact that Gillespie hasn't found his head probably from that Kevin Lee knockout, I'm, I'm still taking Gillespie. Right on. Steph, what you got on this one? Yeah, I think it's a bounce back for Gregor. Um, the ref the line kind of reflects it. He's coming in at a minus two fifty favorite, so um, seems like a bounce back. Brad, no relation to Riddle. Uh, I'm gonna say it now. Uh, I didn't know that factoid about him, Bobby. But uh, you're nicknaming yourself after a phenomena that devastated your hometown. That yeah. seems like poor taste. Real weird. Uh, people, I, I don't. People in New Orleans, they don't call themselves the Hurricane. Like. It, it seems like a weird thing to remember yourself by is, oh, yeah, this the, killed my hometown. The University of Miami's my nickname beliefs. is the Hurricanes. Oh, yeah, and they've Florida. been bad That's for a long time since, uh, since they've stopped being sponsored by two live crew. They haven't been relevant either. So um, <laughs> what does that say about Miami? <laughs> that remains possibly the best 30 for 30 ever, by the way. <laughs> Let's put that out there. <laughs> um. Uh, Man, this guy was thirteen. This guy, this cat was thirteen and zero, by the way, before that loss yeah. to Kevin Lee. People were really behind Kevin Lee, behind Gillespie. I don't think it's fool's gold either. I don't think it's fool's gold. He got a lot of finishes. He got eleven finishes. He got six knockouts for a grappler. By nope. the way, I, I, he, I, he lost to hot Kevin Lee. Not yeah. not staff infection actively on his body, Kevin Lee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think Gregor Gillespie is one of those um, accomplished wrestlers that 
when the striking catches up to, to the rest of his game, he's going to be a monster. And I mean, he might very well already be. It's been a year and a half since his last fight. I don't think he, he tries and showcases his uh, his striking in this fight. I think he, he leans on the old faithful, his, his wrestling, to, to get this decision as well. So I will be going with uh, Gregor as well and Mark TBD. So besides that, we're not picking anything else from from this uh, from this card. So, uh, you know, I think a uh, quick thing to, to note from this card is... A uh, husband and wife team are gonna be fighting on uh, on this card. Cheyenne, I'm pretty sure I'm mispronouncing this. Cheyenne buys and her husband JP buys. Uh, besides that, I've got nothing else for you. I thought Tai Tuivasa was cut because Tai Tuivasa said he was cut. So I don't know what's happening there. Congrats on not getting cut, I guess. And uh, I'm happy there's no crowd for him to drink a beer out of someone's shoe. Maybe they got a beer. Maybe they got a, a a shoe beer just ready for him. I mean, I mean, what he goes to drink a beer out of his own shoe. That's fine. Like, I mean, it's still not great, but it's you know better than some toe jam fucking fucking beer he's gonna drink later to- from toe some jam, stranger. COVID infested beer. We, we I don't, don't, we don't need any of that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the fight picks for this week. So let's move on to to stuff we like. I have a feeling that me and Bobby might be picking the same stuff we like this week. So, Steph, we'll be starting with you. What do you got? Um, not too much. Uh, we kept it pretty strictly uh, on WandaVision last week. Um, deservedly so, since that show wrapped up. I'm pretty looking forward to um, Falcon Winter Soldier coming next week. Um, I know, uh, what's it called? It has to be any minute now. The Snyder Cut, um, because... The uh the band's been lifted. The reviews are coming out. So, that's right. Um, clearly that's that's coming out of the way. But um, not to be negative, you know, if you're excited about the Snyder Cut, that's cool. If you're a DC fan, that's cool. I mean, I'm gonna check it out because I got HBO. But like, I just gotta say, I don't know why anyone's excited. Zack Snyder's got a bunch of other movies out. They're not very good. You remember Batman versus Superman? Zack Snyder got to make that movie. <laughs> like. What what what's his excuse for why that movie's so terrible? What's Look, his excuse? Steph, for- it was really cool. It was really cool when that, that guy kicked the guy into a pit in three hundred. We're all hanging our head on that scene. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. I mean, like I always say, my favorite part of Batman versus Superman is the realization that Metropolitan and Gotham City were just Oakland and San Francisco all along. I honestly thought they were both supposed to be New York, but no, it was it was here. It was the West and, Coast all along. And then baby. let us not forget. You called Superman a Boy Scout in the Zack Snyder universe. He he's an elitist, okay? Because as you've said, Superman, you know, Superman is in San Francisco. Batman's in Oakland. In the movie, Superman fucking zips off to like fucking Zimbabwe or something to help with a fire, but he can't hook back Batman up with some backup and fuck like a hop, skip, and a jump away in fucking Oakland. That's fucked up. The- did he direct the one, uh, the other Superman movie with, with Zod? Was that him too? Man of Steel? Yeah, did he do Man of Steel? I don't know. It, I didn't mind Man of Steel. Uh, camera style that he, he normally I, I know people. Do. I know people didn't like it when, you know, Superman killed the motherfucker but, um, and broke half the city. But I thought it looked pretty cool. I mean, look, I get why they didn't like that. But I, I thought it was, the movie was entertaining enough. By the way, like, this movie's four hours long, Stefan. The problem with the, with, with the fucking Justice League wasn't that it was too short. 
Four hours. I mean, it just sounds like he's trying to cram a lot of stuff in, and like you know, it's fine. I have no, I'm fine with that. I'm someone who's binge watched the extended cut of the Lord of the Rings thing in a day. Like, I have no problem sitting down and just geeking out about things. It's just like it's not even that I think his all his movies are bad. I don't think he's any, made anything that's that good. So it's just like. People are getting real hyped about Snyder Cut, and like I still kind of just think it's going to be a mediocre movie. Um, but that said, that's not really my stuff. I like I, I've been watching a shit ton of anime. That's all I'm saying. You know, I'm, I'm continuing on the on the shows. Uh, Mike got into Domestic Girlfriend after I gave I gave him that that the shout out. It is a beautiful car wreck. Uh, that story. Um, season two is nowhere in sight though, and I realized that season one actually came out two years ago. So I'm a little like disheartened by that. Uh, I know the manga has uh, completed, and I actually do know what the ending of it is. Um, it, it the, the disaster only becomes more of a disaster, Mike. But um, I finished a series, another rom-com called uh, Oregairu. Is, it's kind of uh, what its shorthand name is. Its English translation is really weird. It's like, I can't, it's something like my my romantic comedy life is a like is a disaster snafu or something it's got a really weird english title um it's three seasons that i watched in a week but apparently it took seven years of real time for it to actually complete so for the fans of that show that was that was quite a wait they had to get through um and then i just shout out to japan and hoping they're doing okay because uh the other night i was out here watching the most recent episode to attack on titan in their final season um, and 16 minutes into the episode, it cuts to the Japanese emergency broadcast system because I guess while it was airing, uh, Wakayama got hit by a 4.7 magnitude earthquake um, and Japan is on that Pacific Rim and uh, they're no strangers to the earthquake. So I'm hoping it's OK. Um, so that show got preempted. But um, otherwise, just rolling through uh, Horamiya, Attack on Titan, Quincidental Quintuplets. They're all still currently running in this present season of anime. Um, I fucking love anime. Mike, you weren't wrong. If Bobby wasn't here, this would have been an anime podcast. And you know what? We might still transition to that one day. But, um, Mike, I got plenty of recommendations for you once you uh, catch up on all these shows. And, by the way, you're, the show you're talking about, Oregairu, it's I'm here. It's literally, it's literally what it just means. I'm here? Yeah, I'm here. Ore, Do people I, watch all? Not not to get not to get anybody to incriminate themselves right now, but Crunchyroll is where people watch all anime, right? That's generally a place. Does it have everything That's you want? The or the primary have- place. Uh, the big chief competitor is Funimation. Um, they pulled a lot of content off of Crunchyroll. So uh, another like kind of comedic series that I would recommend, Mike, that I've actually been rewatching for fun is uh, Kaguya-sama: Love Is War. The first season is on Crunchyroll, but the second season. Uh, to officially get it, you have to track it on Funimation. Ugh. But you know, Reddit will help you find things. I already, I already pay for Crunchyroll. I can't pay for Funimation as well. I can't see myself paying nine dollars for two different freaking anime services. Isn't there random parts of Crunchyroll they stuck on HBO Max too? HBO Max just got parts of other services. HBO like- Max has some of it. Hulu has some of it because there's a lot of joint companies of who owns who and all this. Um, a lot of I think a lot of the premium uh, Crunchyroll stuff you can basically get on uh, Hulu as well. Okay. Yep. So that's the, that's the only thing you got this week, stuff. All right. So me and Bobby, we watched a movie over the weekend. Bobby, what's up? I got one more thing. Okay. Shout out to our girl Maki Ito. 
Yeah. Mike and I are Mike and I are our lieutenants in the Ito Respect Army here. I've just decided. Um, took on Riho in the main event of the debut episode of AEW. Wait, do not tell me if she won or not. I haven't watched it yet. I will. I mean, of course, Mike. There's no way you could guess what happened with Maki Ito in a f wrestling match. But Mike, I didn't watch it, but I'm going to tell you. She she has an arc to her character. She's not a winner. <laughs> I, I don't I don't watch any AEW, but I know Maki Ito is not a winner. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Maki Ito putting on the single. Okay, I'm not saying single greatest. Top five all time wrestling entrance. Where she came out and she normally sings. She sings her song. That's her gimmick. She's a Mike, former Japanese she's, idol. She is. She is Britta Perry of Community. You just let her go out there and sing her awkward song. <laughs> so she came out to sing her song. The music cut because they started wrestling in the middle of the ring. Maki's like, shit, man. I'm getting my shit in. She, she's like, I'm getting my shit in. That's wrestling terminology. She's getting her shit in. She sat there, sang her intro song. The champion of the weight class of the division came up to her. She bopped her in the head with three of the shittiest so mic hits of history. So good. And it made veteran wrestling announcers Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross lose their shit. They were laughing so hard. This woman is so over with and like she was on BTE this week. Um, dancing with the Dark Order, talking about how they have shitty dancing. I love. I'll, I'm, I'm the cutest pro wrestler in the world, if you will, Maki Ito. We're on board, hundred percent. Mike, go ahead. I apologize. Uh, we had I, to give her a shout out, though. I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, I remember when Britt Baker announced her as her replacement during Revolution. I haven't been legitimately that happy. I don't know since when. Maybe when. Maybe when I passed the bar. Maybe that was the last time I was that happy. <laughs> This is a wrestler Mike didn't know who she was three weeks ago, and we have now – she's right at the favorite. She might be our favorite right there. <laughs> uh, Steph, you can also find her on YouTube um, on some Japanese show singing the theme song to uh, Evangelion in case uh, you're looking for an anime angle to, to rope you in. Oh, I mean, I, I got it, Mike. Like, I, I get her appeal. Like, if you look at your and my like, Spotify year and reviews – Someone's gimmick being the failed idol. Like, okay, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> like, that's already the shit I'm always she, watching. She, she has it. Uh, uh, they call it an unreasonably hard head. And one of her moves is just doing a shitty headbutt. And they, it's called the Kokeshi. Which they, what's what's the stand for? What does it mean, Mike? Kokeshi. Uh, I think it roughly translates to like hard head. Essentially, that's it. That's it. In pro wrestling, it's a debate: who has a harder head, Samoans or Maki Ito? That's where we're at in 2021. <laughs> It's Sorry, either hard head or either hard head or like head attack. I'm not entirely yeah, sure. Yes. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, besides uh besides our, our our new queen Maki Ito, um the other thing that I like this week and I think Bobby will agree and like as well is um Jesus, what's the full name of the of the movie? Uh Judas and the Black Messiah, starring yeah. uh Get Out's uh, Dan Daniel Kalela and Lakeith Stanfield. Um, Daniel Kalela is playing um, chairman of the Illinois chapter um, for the Black Panthers, Fred Hampton. And Lakeith Stanfield is playing a CI for, for, for the FBI, or the aforementioned uh, Judas. I really enjoyed the movie. I watched it on the recommendation of uh, Bobby, who watched it a few days before me. Um, one thing I really love about historical movies is that especially when i'm watching it by myself in, in in my apartment is as i'm watching it i know these are real people so i'll start googling 
and um, you know, researching them and seeing, all right, well, what more can I find out about them than the movie is telling us? And you know, Fred Fred Hampton, he got fucked. Um, there's no other way to say it, but he was assassinated by by the FBI because they thought he could potentially be someone to, you know, uh, start a really unified, um, you know, black civil rights cause um, in, in this country. And at least the way the, the movie was depicting it and from what I read um, from him in, in the Internet, he was starting to do that. And not just for black people, but for disenfranchised people of all races. Um, it shows in the movie a part where he recruits um, poor whites and um, Latinos from, from the Chicago area. Rainbow and Coalition, brother. Real Rainbow, thing. Rainbow Coalition. And it, it, it was a shame um, how, they, how they assassinated him. They just burst into his house and um, executed him. Um, you know, shot him in the head, execution style. Really sad movie, but I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I, I don't like being the one that always brings down this podcast on stuff we like. So, well, I, I'm the one, I, 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 I told you I was going to talk about. I, I would, I didn't bring. I watched it actually before last weekend, last week's podcast. I watched it that Sunday. Um, and I, I, you guys know this about me. I'm predisposed to like historical content about this time period. Um, I'm a big nerd for. 60s, 70s American history. Um, pretty much Kennedy through Nixon is kind of my shit. I love it. I'll watch anything about it. Um, and I knew I knew the story a little bit. Like, I didn't know this specific story, but I knew the story of the FBI and uh, Coinal Pro and the efforts to fuck with black leaders. Um, you know, Martin Luther King also. Um, J. Edgar Hoover, Edgar Hoover using a lot of questionable tactics, quite frankly, as director of the FBI. This movie is really well made. And the performances are great. Um, just today, Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanton, uh, Stanfield, um, Daniel Kaluuya, probably most known for Get Out or Black, Pan or Black Panther, probably at this point. Lakeith was in um, was in Get Out too, though I believe he was. He in was Get Out. Yeah. He was the ground. He was the groundskeeper, right? He was yeah, the one that Atlanta. said the, uh, the words "Get Out." Yeah, yeah. He's He's in Atlanta, and then he had a starring role in uh, what was that called? Uh, Thank you for interrupting. Yeah, something? he did that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. He's killing it. Um, it's a, it's a real gen new generation of young African American actors, by the way, killing it in Hollywood. And I'm, I'm just hoping Lakeith comes back to Atlanta, man. If Gambino even comes back to Atlanta, um, they both got nominated for supporting actor, which I was wondering how that would work because I was not sure who was technically the lead. I thought Lakeith was honestly going to get a best actor nomination. I thought he, it was very much split the story of two men because Lakeith is telling the story of, uh, he wasn't an FBI agent. He was a man who got busted by the FBI, um, impersonating was, an FBI agent. He was a criminal agent. informant. Criminal informant there. Um, I thought CI is for confidential informant. It's for criminal? Com isn't I don't a confidential know. informant, aren't those normally just criminals? That's fair. Um, it wasn't some FBI agent that was put under, though. And uh, he played a, a guy named uh, Bill O'Neill. Um, and it's just, they both were so good in this. And the person who, um, people aren't talking about him in this movie, um, but he's good in, I say everything, the three things I've known him in, is Jesse Plemons, which, if you sound familiar, it's Landry from Friday Night Lights. That's right. Landry from That's Friday Night Lights, right. man. He fucking does great in this. He kills it. 
as like an FBI agent who's not so sure what he's doing is right. Uh, other people might remember Jesse Plemons more famously, as much as I know him as Landry from Friday Night Lights. Breaking Bad? Yes, other people know him as what, Todd? Was that his name? Todd and Breaking Bad. I like him. I like to imagine Todd is just Landry, just things didn't go well after school. <laughs> after high school was over, he, got, he ended up as Todd in Breaking Bad. He, he got well, no scouting. I mean, I'm, I'm about no to I'm a, I'm a, football. And he just moved to Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to spoil uh, some Friday Night Lights since it's a fairly old show now. And I think the spoiler thing is that there was that terrible season where they oh, got rid of a body. That didn't happen. And, uh, it was like, uh, it was like, wait, what happened to this being a high school football show? Why is there a stalker, a murder, and a disposing of the body arc going on? What's happening to the show? Um, so, yeah, he was he was ready to go by the time he hit Breaking, yeah. Breaking Bad. Um, this movie got nominated for five Academy Awards. Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, or well, six, actually. Two of them for Best Supporting Actor, as I mentioned. Best Original Screenplay, The Lucas Brothers. If you look them up, you see their faces, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Twin brothers who are comedians. One of the, some of the writers on this movie. Best cinematography and best original song. Um, I fucking loved it. I again, I'm predisposed to like movies about this topic, about this time period. I thought they did great. Um, Daniel Kaluuya won best supporting actor at the Golden Globes. Um, and uh, yeah, he's really good, man. He's. Uh, I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know who he was before Get Out. I don't know what else he was. If he was in anything else, but. That is he, noteworthy, but he was on the first season back when he was still just in in Britain as an actor. He was on the first season of um, what's that show? Black Mirror. I don't know if you. Oh, if you oh yeah, that show. okay, yeah, but, um, okay. He was the I've one seen with, Black the, with the bikes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's really good, and Lakeith is good in everything, man. They're not gonna let him play. He's gonna play Darius again. Be just fucking weirdo in Atlanta. It's FX gonna have to pay these kids, man. Get Gambino to come back. Get get him to come back. Get um. What's her name to come back? She's in some stuff now. Zazie Beats. Even what Paperboy's and stuff. Isn't Paperboy in a Marvel movie? Am I am I crazy? Isn't that he's in a, he's gonna be in Eternals? Yeah, FX yeah, yeah. We got we got a don't they own FX though now? Isn't that a thing? They own Fox, just, so, they, yeah. own, they own 20th Century. They own FX anyway. It's all in the family. You gotta pay these kids, man. You gotta pay them to be on TV. <laughs> I thought it was great. I mean, I told Steph to watch it. I'm sure, you know, we have an HBO Max subscription. You're going to get to it eventually. I recommend it strongly. And I know you like to watch the, the flicks and get nominated for stuff. So it got nominated yeah, for actually, Best Picture. Um, that reminded me just because I wanted to give a shout out. I haven't had a chance to check it out. Um, but I want, since you're talking about young talent um, in Hollywood, I had to give out a shout out to my guy, Steven Yun. Um, I've been a fan of his for a while. He's News came out today. He's the first Asian male to ever be nominated for the Best Actor Award for the Oscars. Um, you know, Oscars So White has been a thing for quite a time now, and, and they're trying to do their thing to diversity. But um, his, his movie, Minari, it's been on my short list of things. Um, I think I have to VOD rental it, which is why I haven't uh, checked it out just yet. But um, knowing that he got the best actor nod for it, I, I kind of had a feeling it had the look of a movie that was going to be really good. As I've said to some of my friends, like, I'll watch it when I feel like crying because uh, I'm pretty sure that that is going to be a heavy movie. But, um, yeah, shout out to um, just people making moves in young Hollywood these days. I know we're getting log here, but can I real quickly list what's up for best picture and see who's actually seen any of these movies? Yeah, go ahead. Um, the Father... Sorry, it's my phone. The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of the Chicago Seven. 
I've seen two of them. I've seen I've seen Trial Trial of the Chicago Seven and Judas and the Black Messiah. Trial of the Chicago Seven's fucking excellent too. That's on Netflix. Not as good as Judas and the Black Messiah, but I mean I'm a nerd for Aaron Sorkin shit. That one's really well acted as well. Steph, you seen I will have seen Minari by the time that the winner is announced. I am. <laughs> I'm 20 minutes into Minari so far. So far, I like it. Right on. All right. So does that uh, cap it off for you guys with stuff we like this week? All right. So this is gonna bring a close to our show this week. Um, a few things I would like to announce. Um, we finally have a YouTube channel. Um, so we'll be putting our full episodes on there and we'll also be breaking up, you know, breaking down the, the episodes into, you know, particularly, um, fun parts as well. Um, so another avenue for you guys to, you know, to partake from, you know, from, from us. And it's amazing. So please subscribe, please subscribe, please watch there. Um, no ads, we promise. No ads yet. Until yet, until, that was a key word. Yet, <laughs> until we get enough, we 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 want some money, guys. It's, yeah, it's, please it's, subscribe it's, to us. And once enough of you do, we're monetizing that shit out of it. I am not above begging. If you guys want to see a grown man cry, if that's what will get you guys to subscribe, Bobby will do it. Okay, fine. If I have to. But in all seriousness, thank you so much for 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 listening. Uh, we all really appreciate it, and we'll see you guys next week. Cheers.